This is Missionary Chats, episode number 5, for August 23rd, 2010. Today I'm talking with Justin Long. Justin is a missionary that I met over the internet, and um, he provides a lot of news and information. So, Justin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you've gotten to the point where you're at now before we actually get into talking about the the information that you provide? Sure. Uh, well, I started uh, in missions in, oh, about 1993 with the Association of International Mission Services, AIMS. Uh, when my wife and I were married in '95, uh, we moved up and spent uh, to Richmond and spent four years uh, working on the World Christian Encyclopedia, which is where I was really bitten with the uh, missionary research bug, so to speak. Um, just became very uh, acquainted with information and research processes and and the need to uh, advocate for unreached peoples who did not have a voice of their own. Um, and then when we finished up that project, we moved back down to Chesapeake and worked on a, a large missionary portal, web portal. The World Wide Web was really taking off at that point. And uh, so we developed strategicnetwork.org, which included uh, a very large uh, missions knowledge base of articles, several thousand, uh, as well as e-groups and other things. Um, and then in 2003, 2004, we really felt God was calling us to do something a, a little different. We'd been in uh, missions advocacy and mobilization then for nearly 10 years, but didn't have any overseas experience. And um, so God called us to Southeast Asia, where we worked with uh, the Ethne Network and uh, several unreached peoples networks and learned quite a bit about uh, everything from uh, culture shock and all of that to uh, to the, the challenges of living and working in a cross-cultural environment. Uh, and then in 2008, we returned to the United States, and uh, since then we've been in a, in a bit of a transition. We've uh, worked with uh, another organization, and, and now we're, we're slowly in the process of um, deciding what God wants us to do next. So that's really where, where we've been. Um, most of my past has been in the area of, of research and strategy and mobilization and writing and the, the power of information and, and what it can do for people to help them to uh, find where they're called to be. You mentioned unreached people. One of the things I'm I'm trying to do with Missionary Talks is to kind of define some of these terms that we use in missions all the time that uh, the listeners may not have heard. And And I hear unreached people groups, unreached people. What do you mean by that? And what is that term uh, being used for today? Well, that that's uh, a, a very big question. It's one that uh, I hear frequently asked. Um, you know, there's a difference between an unevangelized people group and an unreached people group and a non-Christian people group. And, and generally what I mean by an unreached group, I, I go with the classic missiological definition, which is a, a big term for simply uh, a definition that was agreed to a long time ago, which is a people group that lacks a church with sufficient resources to evangelize that group without outside cross-cultural assistance. So an unreached group, you know, it, it could still be uh, substantially unevangelized. There could be a huge uh, number of people within the group that have not heard the gospel. But if there is a, a, a church within that group that has the capacity to evangelize the group without us needing to send cross-cultural missionaries to help them, then we would call them reached. You know, so for example, um, Americans. Yes, there are a large number of Americans who have not heard the gospel. I'm, I'm sure everybody could point to someone who they'd say is someone who, who has never heard the gospel. 
but the church in America has the resources to do the task without needing cross-cultural assistance from, from other countries. doesn't mean we don't get cross-cultural assistance. It just means we've got the resources to, to do the task. The church in, say, Afghanistan, on the other hand, would does not. It does not have the resources to do it on its own. It needs cross-cultural assistance help. And so uh, Afghanis would, by and large, be unreached. An unevangelized group is a bit different. That just means that over half the group, when I use that term, that means over half the group has not heard the gospel. Um, but an unreached group really has doesn't have the resources to do the to do the job. Uh, now you also mentioned that you're providing information. Uh, two questions here with that: What type of information are you providing, and who are you providing it for? Most of the information that that uh, I provide is information related to either how to do the missionary task or to do it better or where it should be done that it's not being done now. And I generally aim that either at people who are missionaries and maybe need some encouragement or need to know how to use some brand new technology tool or some brand new process or, or, or something, uh, or at people who maybe are feeling a missionary calling but don't quite know what to do with it. I I believe that the reason for the imbalance in missions, you know, most of our missionary force today is, is sent to places where uh, they're basically open countries or they, they were Christian once and maybe they're entering kind of a, a, a backslidden or a post-Christian phase now. But we don't send a huge number of workers to hard places. And I think that the primary reason for that is that the people who really are called to go to those hard places either aren't recognizing their calling, uh, don't know that they're called, uh, are being disobedient to their calling, are uh, some reason. So, you know, I, I'm not a person who thinks we ought to take all the workers in Europe and redeploy them to the Middle East. I think what we need to do is to get better at helping people who are called to the Middle East to identify their vision and obey it and respond to it. And so that's that's a lot of what I, I try to aim information at, is, is to show people things that are happening that they're not going to hear on the nightly news or in their local newspaper, but that have to do with uh, with people that God loves. What specifically, then, is the information that you're providing? Let's get into some specific resources that you uh, troll troll through to find your information, and how are you distributing it out to, to us, the, the readers? Well, the, the distribution question is the easier one to answer, <laughs> so I'll take that one first. And if you have any links, then you can send those to me, and I'll put those in the show notes for Missionary Talks so the listeners can go to missionarytalks.com, and I'll have a list of all the links that uh, that Justin mentions today. Great. Uh, most, of, most of what I distribute uh, goes out through uh, my website, justinlong.org. Um, through there, we have three categories of articles. Uh, we have what I call um, large pieces, which are... Articles where I will take a, a particular uh, topic or a country uh, or a, a region or a people group and probably write something on the order of you know 500 to 1,000 words focused on that particular issue. Um, so, for example, not too long back, I wrote an article 
on um, on family and, and how most of the church's growth comes from demographics. It comes from uh, babies born to Christian homes. We get something like 45 million new members to the church worldwide through births. Uh, we have something like 15 million converts every year, but at the same time we have uh, somewhere in the order of 13 million defectors every year. So most of our growth comes from children, not from converts, because we lose a lot through defections. So I'll, I'll take something like that and I'll analyze that in a big article, write it up and, and post it on the website. Uh, then the second category of articles that I have is what I call mini posts, which is where I just write maybe a paragraph or two highlighting one particular thing that's happened and, and how it impacts uh, the unevangelized or the unreached. Um, very short, you know, a, a daily event that's part of a larger trend. And then the third avenue that I have that most people are probably going to see uh, are the articles that I link to from other blogs which make their way into my Elsewhere column. And that Elsewhere column is also linked to an RSS feed so it can be followed in Google Reader. Uh, it's linked to Twitter so people can follow it there. And it's linked to Facebook so people can follow it there. So that, that one we aim for maximum distribution um, as, as widely as we possibly can. I usually do on the order of 20 to 40 uh, links every day into that Elsewhere column. So that's it's kind of what we call the fire hose. You, you get quite a lot of links. Oh, that also gets distributed by email too for people who want it that way. So a, a daily email that recaps all of the articles that we've linked to. Um, so 20 to 30 links every day. We try to find really good high quality. Uh, I try to find uh, links that are, are not your typical um, flash in the pan kind of event, but something that's you know somewhat important has to do with the unreached. Um, and, and that's quite a lot. Um, now to get those, I, I follow a lot of blogs. Um, I right now I have, uh, close to 400 blog subscriptions, uh, that I follow. And, and the only way I can do it is in Google reader. And, um, I've got them divided up into different categories. So, uh, news sources and influencers and all of the mission agencies I can find that have an RSS feed uh, and issues and and then what I do is I try to I break those folders up so that I have for each category I have what I consider to be the top 10 sources for that category as well as what I call a nomination folder that has another 10 in it so for global news I'll follow uh, 10 try to follow 10 pretty varied uh, global news sources. Um, and then for regional, you know, for Eastern Asia, I'll follow 10 there too. And then for uh, various issues, I'll follow 10. And, and um, you know, I'll, I'll break it down that, that way. There's a lot of stuff that flows in there. Uh, fortunately, Google Reader has a, a function where if you like an article, then it tends to show you articles that are like that. And I found that to be pretty helpful. Um, but generally speaking, the, the only way I can really follow it is that uh, I have an iPhone, so I use that, and I just, I've just i learned to just swim the river and, and just scan very, very quickly down articles, find things that are interesting, star them, and come back to them later. I imagine some of this information uh, might be overwhelming for the for the listener. Uh, 
400 news feeds. First of all, <laughs> can can you tell us uh, what is a news feed uh, and how, how you get that information? You mentioned Google Reader, uh, mm-hmm. which is a, a feed reader. Uh, I understand all of this, but I'm thinking there might be some listeners that are saying, where do you even get that kind of news? Uh, so tell us first, what, what is a news feed and how do you get that? Okay. Bas- basically. <laughs> uh, an RSS feed, which stands for really simple syndication, is basically a specially formatted file that is available from a website. So, for example, uh, BBC News Africa. If you were to go to the BBC News website, there, there's a section on the website called RSS Feeds, and they have various sections of their website. So, for example, uh, World News or Africa or South Asia or Current or all these different kinds of categories. They're broken down into these special RSS files. It's a special format. So you have a link on the BBC News website for, say, Africa, and you can click that link and it will take you to a special web page where you can subscribe to that feed in Google Reader, which is a, a special news reader. So what I, what happens then is I don't have to go to the BBC and The Economist and CNN and, uh, you know, the, the Financial Times and the, the Japanese and Pundit and the LA Times and The Atlantic. I, I don't have to go physically to each of these websites. What happens is Google Reader will, will pull those RSS feeds from all of those different websites and will present it to me as one single list of headlines with a little snippet after each headline that tells me what the article is about. So I can just scan down about 50 headlines at a time, and I, I'm looking for headlines that that follow a certain format that to me tells me it's going to be a, a critical head, headline. So I don't have to go to all these different websites. It's a pretty simple process now because most of these websites use a special little icon, and when you click that icon, your, website, your, your web browser will recognize it and it will automatically uh, – take you to subscribe to that link in, say, uh, Google Reader. So it's a, really a pretty straightforward process. The hardest part for me was the, the initial visiting of various websites, deciding whether I wanted to have that feed or not. The, the whole thing of figuring out what are the 10 best feeds for this particular category is a constant process of just figuring out, is this still a good feed? Is it not a good feed? It's more that than actually getting the feeds. Getting the feeds are pretty straightforward anymore. So really, that's the way Missionary Talks is delivered to the listener. If you're subscribed to Missionary Talks through, say, iTunes, then you're you're using an RSS feed and receiving your podcast that way. So it's the same concept, except what you're doing is instead of audio content, you're downloading news. That's right. Can you give us, then... An idea, you, you've mentioned all of these different websites, newspapers and stuff. You're obviously not pulling just from missionary websites. Uh, can you give us maybe a list of your top three places that you get good missions news from? Good missions news from? Uh, well, let me look here real quick. Um, see, I pull from various missionaries. Uh, Doug Nichols always has some very good material. So does uh, Tall Skinny Kiwi, for that matter. Um, agencies, I pull everything from uh, ADRA, which is a uh, relief agency. Assist News normally carries some very good stuff. 
Um, between Adra World Vision and Compassion, I usually have the uh, humanitarian relief area pretty well covered. Um, Ed Stetzer has uh, good research material. He's with uh, Lifeway News. I mainly, for missionary news, I normally go to stuff like uh, Baptist Press, Mission Network News. A lot of the material that I'm looking for is typically outside of the um, of the normal uh, channels, you might say. I, I look for stuff that, that really hasn't made it into Mission Network News or Baptist Press yet. Uh, and stuff that reaches a, a certain a certain level of um, you know not not the typical uh, a few thousand people were were uh, affected by this flood. I, I wait till it gets to something like the Pakistani floods, where uh, on the order of 20 million people have been impacted and are homeless. Then then that's something that would definitely be on my radar. But uh, um, so I'll be looking for things like that, and that usually pops up on on uh, less known news sources that, that people don't normally follow. So when you're digging through, uh, say, the New York Times newspaper or news feed to get this information, you, you mentioned that you're looking for certain formulas that might tip you off. You're really looking for human interest type stories about people and events and things that are taking place in the world in general then. Yeah, sometimes human interest stories, but I'll also be looking for things that really go deep uh, into a, a into a particular situation. So, for example, here was an article in Christian Science Monitor over why Pakistan's disaster should concern you. So I'll star that and I'll come back to it in a little bit because it'll it'll potentially relate a wider disaster into uh, some certain meaning. Um, here's one from the BBC: Forgotten Humanity. Pakistan's 20 million flood victims export tomatoes, not terrorism. So they're going to be showing another side of that particular subject that we may not necessarily hear. Here was an interesting one that I, I want to dig into a bit is Africa, the wide gap over abortion rights. You know, Kenya just recently had a new constitution uh, voted in and there was a lot of uh, dissent within the country, especially from the Catholic Church, over uh, what looks to be an issue of abortion rights there. But then here I'll look at something like this. Google Wave, uh, you know, Google just recently discontinued Google Wave after a year. You know, they launched it with great fanfare. And then after a year later, they said, well, it wasn't widely adopted. And, and so they're pulling the plug on it. But it really illustrates a, a case study of how to know when to quit and being willing to experiment. And I'll, I'll want to draw that experiment and say, in missions, do we know when to quit? How do we experiment with new outreach methods? Are we tolerant of uh, experiment and failure? So I want to take that case study and, and draw something else out of it that's more practical for missions. Well, Justin, this has been very informational, and I certainly want to have you back. There's a couple of specific, uh, very very focused topics that I'd like to talk with you about besides just news in general. Uh, so I'd like to have you back on missionary talks in the future. But uh, if any listeners have any questions for Justin, you can direct those to David at missionarytalks.com and I can get those to, to Justin or you can go to his website and get his contact information directly. Uh, but if you have any questions that you think would be helpful for, for us to discuss 
on a future Missionary Chats episode. Certainly let me know that, and I'd be glad to uh, get Justin back on the line for this because he's, he's certainly full of information, uh, or at least overflowing with information, I think. <laughs> so, Justin, as, as we close here, uh, I, I really do appreciate your time. Is there anything you'd like to share uh, specifically maybe as a as an encouragement uh, to young people or people looking at going into missions. Now, you went to the foreign field as an older person, uh, not old, but after you had been in missions for a while. And uh, so maybe you could uh, just give a little bit of encouragement to somebody that's looking at going into missions for the first time uh, and then just finish off with, with what you have to say there. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think the most important thing that you can really do as a young person or even as an older person is uh, focus in on finding out what it is that God has called you to do. What is what is the vision that God has for you and your life? And I'm a firm believer that there are, are lots of different visions. There are people who are goers. There are people who are senders. There are people who are supposed to be in Africa. There are people who are supposed to be in Asia. There, that, that God has a role and a place for everybody to be. And the only person who who he'll really share that with is you. Uh, so I think the first thing, that the most important thing is for you to, e- even if it means shutting off news, which I've had to do from time to time, shutting off all the information sources, shutting off the web, shutting off the computers, and just spending time and asking God. This is one of the things that uh, my wife and I are doing right now as we, as we contemplate the next step. And a lot of times it's difficult to just be in the presence of God when you want to do. You want to you want to go get something done that's meaningful, but really focus on the vision because once you know what God has called you to do, once you know the purpose you have, then it brings a focus and an energy and um it really it really takes knowing what your vision is and knowing what that driving force is and, and being in the presence of God. And I think that's the thing that you need to start with first and what I recommend to everybody that they need to focus on. So spend time with God, find out what your vision is, and then pursue it with all your heart. And when you do that, God just opens incredible paths before you, and, and uh, it's just an incredible thing to be part of. <laughs> 